Friday. I'm Jonathan. I'm Emily. And I'm Steve. Still. All right. So we said some mean things about Ticket to Ride a couple days ago, but here's the thing. It's still a wonderful game for people getting started with these things. And if you want to go a bit deeper, if you want to go through that gateway, some of the expansion sets that they've made for Ticket to Ride do in fact go a considerable ways farther than you might expect. So let's start with, uh, I think it was uh, 1910 was the first one, the USA 1910, or was it 1912? Uh, 1910, it's Europa. Europa 1912. Okay, we're going to talk about Ticket to Ride next. So 1910 was a very simple little expansion set. It gave you normal human-sized cards instead of the tiny little half-length-sized cards that were included with the base game. It included a bunch of new tickets, including some very long ones worth a ton of points, some very short ones, and a new rule which awarded 15 points to the player who completed the most tickets. So, yeah. Which encourages going back to that ticket well Mm -hmm. uh, in ways that the original game design didn't really end up encouraging. It didn't really add a lot of new crunchy stuff to the game, new rules, new elements, new toys to play with. But the first big box expansion to Ticket to Ride changed all that. Ticket to Ride Europe was the one that made this game into a franchise. And Ticket to Ride Europe is a standalone game, so... All of the 1910 and all the expansions before this were just like elements. You still needed your base set of Ticket to Ride to play it all. But Ticket to Ride Europe is just a big standalone pile of new stuff. Yeah, you don't need the original game to play Ticket to Ride Europe. Although, I always recommend for new players, don't play Ticket to Ride Europe until you've played the original game mm-hmm. at least yeah, a few it times. It adds so many extra layers of complexity to the game that it's definitely best to start with the original North American map than it is to try to just jump in. I mean, if you're already an advanced gamer, great, fine, you'll have no problem with Ticket to Ride Europe, but if you're already an advanced gamer, you're probably not going to get a ton out of Ticket to Ride Europe, so there you go. So what's the new stuff that we bring in for Europe? Besides the new map, obviously. Tunnels. And fairies and stations. Fairies like boats, not fairies like magical creatures. Oh. For now. There's an expansion, though. (laughs) So let's see. Uh, Tunnels. How do those work? Tunnels uh, require you to check for a cave-in after you've played the cards that you would normally play to, to build a regular route on the board. Uh, so they're they're marked as tunnels, so you know that you're digging a tunnel when you're when you're going into it. Right. If you're digging uh, through Switzerland, yeah. it's gonna yeah. And so uh, at, after you've played the cards, but before you get to put your plastic trains on the board, you reveal three cards off the top of the deck, and if they match the colors that you have used, if any of them match the colors that you use to build, then you need to play another card of that same color in order to cancel the cave in. So if, if I flip over three cards and two of them are the same color that I built with. I need to pay two more in order to cancel them. What if I don't have them? Then uh, you have wasted your turn. You get your <laughs> cards back, so you don't lose them. You didn't spend them, but there was a cave-in that prevented that tunnel from actually getting completed. Okay, and stations? Stations are neat. So stations are, are what you can earn a fourth thing you can do on your turn instead of getting cards, getting tickets, or building routes. To build a station, you have to play... your The first one, you play one card of one color. The second one, you play two cards of the same color. And your third one, you play three. And basically, you look at the map, you find a city that doesn't currently have a station on it, you pay your cards, you put a station on it. And that's what it does for now. 
where stations really get useful is at the end of the game when you're looking at your tickets. Because having a station in a city basically allows you to claim a route connected to that city as your own for the purpose of completing a ticket. So it's harder to block people. Yeah, so you wouldn't get the points for the route, route itself. So yeah, so let's say it's like a six train route, which is worth 15 points. You wouldn't get those 15 points, but if that route allows you to complete a 12-point ticket, you will that's, complete that ticket. And that's better than losing that ticket. Yeah. <laughs> also, at the end of the game, if you've played well enough that you don't you didn't need to build your station houses. Each one that is left unbuilt is a few. It's I believe four yeah. bonus points added to your scores. So it's just a little little bump for someone who played smart enough to not need to borrow those uh, enemy routes to complete their tickets. And then the ferries. Some of the routes go across water. Uh, those require at least one of the cards that you use to be the locomotives, the wild cards. Yeah, and all the ferry routes are gray routes, which means that you get to pick the color you want to build with. I think there's actually one that's orange. Um, it's down in the Mediterranean so somewhere. Maybe, but most most of them. I know. <laughs> I know in the Nordic version, uh, there are colored routes that have ferries on them. Okay. Speaking I, of the Nordic version, yes. So, what makes the Nordic countries version special? It's another standalone, right? Yes, it is. It plays two or three players. It does not give you a map that is big enough or enough uh, different colored trains to play with four or five people, yes. which is how all the other standalone uh, Ticket to Rides works. Oh, right, yes. and that's Scandinavia actually... is not very big, so it makes sense, you know? Yeah. It's kind of It is designed tiny. to be a lower player count game. That's actually another mean thing about Ticket to Ride that we could have said earlier back on Wednesday, but I'm going to say it now. The game feels a little bit sparse when you play with two or three players. Uh, wonderful with four or five, not so great with two or three. And Nordic Countries was built specifically to address that issue by giving you a really tight map mm. that's ideal for two or three players. Of course, it has tunnels as well. And ferries. Mm-hmm. But not station houses. No? Probably blocking isn't as much of a thing when you only have two or three players, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. And for that reason, I'm thinking that Ticket to Ride Europe with two or three players would run into a lot of the same problems that the original game does with two or three. In addition to these standalone games, there are a ton of just map sets that you can get for Ticket to Ride, where you get a uh, box that's the same size, but it's a thinner box. And inside, all you get is a board and some tickets, and sometimes some other changes. Yes. The biggest change that I'm aware of amongst the various expansions is the Asia expansion which actually provides a way to play in teams where two players will be paired together uh, and playing out of shared cards. Do so they win as a team or is it just they're sharing resources? You, uh, you win as a team. Okay, okay, so yeah. And the other thing too is that you're not allowed to talk about what you're trying to do together with your teammate. Huh. So if there are a couple of white cards for example sitting on your shared card rack, you can't indicate to your teammate that you need those cards. You need them not to use those cards. Uh, and you also have your own private cards which you're not allowed to show. Seems like a lot of work. <laughs> it is, but uh, if you wanted to play Ticket to Ride in teams, that will do that. Uh, some of the maps get really unusual, like uh, in India, for example, Ticket to Ride India. That one gives you bonuses for connecting a ticket in two completely different ways. So if you have two totally different routes that you can use to go from one city to another, that gives you points. And the more times you do that, the more points you get. What this, oh, that's cool. What this amounts to is this. In India, what you want to do is you want to make a loop. A sort of a circle that goes all the way around the board. That way, every two cities that are in this loop 
have two different ways to get to each other, mm. which means all your tickets wind up cashing in this way. So it's called the Grand Tour of India. Very unusual piece of uh, design and also not at all suited for new players. No, no, no. If you want depth in your ticket to ride games, then you then that's certainly the way to go about it. Africa arguably goes even farther. A lot of the tickets in Africa are worth an absolute ton of points, and the board is weirdly laid out. Um, in the middle of the board, all the routes are blue and green and purple. Near the north and south of the board, all the routes are red and yellow and orange. Hmm. Up and down the sides, they're all black and white and gray. And these represent different kinds of terrain. There are plenty of double routes on the outside edge of the board, ways to for more than one player to get the route. All the routes in the middle are singles which means that people get blocked massively Mm. on these high-value tickets they've been taking. But it goes beyond that. In addition to your regular cards that you can grab, there's also two uh, face-up terrain cards next to a deck of terrain cards. You can pick those up in addition to the others and just keep them face-up in front of you. If I cash in a terrain card for the uh, red, orange, yellow type of terrain, when I make one of those routes, I double the points for it. Ooh. If it's a big route, I cash in two, I get double the points for that. But if somebody else has more of that type of terrain in front of them, I can't do it. So you have to decide whether you want to use these to block the other players or whether to cash them in for yourself. That same basic decision, which is kind of present in all of Ticket to Ride, do I do my own thing or do I drop block players from doing their thing, is sort of writ larger in Ticket to Ride Africa than it is in the other ones which might make for a great game, or it might make for exactly what you don't want out of this. This is one of the things about the Ticket to Ride expansion sets I think a lot of people don't realize, is that they really do have a very distinct flavor. It's not just different maps. Mm -hmm. They really do change the game in ways that will be wonderful for some people and terrible for others. Ticket to Ride Marklin adds some neat things as well. That's probably the most complicated one, I think. uh, Yeah, uh, probably. Um, Although the the Asia one does sound pretty complex with the the sharing and not sharing and whatnot. um, It's still basically working the same rules, though. Marklin introduces all kinds of new stuff. Did you ever get to play this one, Em? No, I haven't. Marklin adds two things, uh, main things to the game. Number one, it adds cargo coins. So at the start of the game, certain cities will have stacks of numbered coins placed on them uh, with the highest coins on the top, lowest coins on the bottom. And these represent uh, valuable cargo. The other thing that it adds are passengers. Every player has three passengers uh, who, uh, at any point on uh, during the game, on your turn, one of the new action options is to send a passenger on a voyage. That passenger, you start them at whatever city you want, and then it will follow an unbroken series of your trains going from city to city to city. At every city uh, on that bus, if there's a cargo coin, your passenger picks it up, and they take the, the one off the top of the stack, and then you get those coins, and they're worth points. In addition, there are passenger cards that you can pay in order to borrow an enemy route. So I've got a bunch of my trains down here, and then Jonathan has a train in the middle of the board, and then I have a bunch more up top. Haha, I blocked you. He thinks he blocked me, but I've got a passenger card, so when I send my passenger on the trip, it does my routes down at the bottom, borrows Jonathan's train, (laughs) and then keeps going up at the top. And so this adds, and you, you get three of these passengers, so you can send a total of three trips. 
And they're these really cute little things of a person with carrying two suitcases. Yeah, he's, he's, which is nice. He's got a hat on. He's clearly wearing an overcoat and carrying some some heavy bags with he's got him. Places to be. Yeah, and so this adds another almost a push your luck element to the game of. Do I use a passenger early when I only have a few connected trains on the board, but it guarantees that I'm going to get the best valuable cargo out of the cities that I'm connected to? Or do I wait until I have a much more, uh, a much longer connection so I'll be hitting more cities, but risk the fact that someone else may have sent their passenger along a route and now I can't get that seven point coin, now it's only going to be five points for me. So it, it adds uh, another layer of strategy to the game. Now, it's a map of Germany. And I think it, it was not a tremendously su- successful version, at least not like as... Like uh, sales-wise? Uh, yeah, it wasn't as successful as, uh, as you know, the, the original game or the European version. And I had an interesting interaction many, many years ago when Markland first came out. I was working in a game store, and uh, I was recommending the Ticket to Ride line to uh, a customer. And he asked me about the Markland set, and I told him what it was about. And as soon as I said, train passengers and map of Germany, he said, whoa, nope. Won't do it. <laughs> because his brain immediately went to Holocaust. Uh, his, he himself was not Jewish, but he was married to a Jewish woman, and he just had a feeling that his wife would be extremely offended by the idea of moving people across a map of Germany on trains. And, uh, you know, I do not think for a second that that entered the minds of Days of Wonder or, and the people who made the game. That, that's clearly not what they were going for. Uh, they're, they're not horrible people. They're wonderful people who make wonderful games. But it's really interesting that that's where this guy's mind went uh, upon hearing about the idea behind the game. Um, so I have to wonder if his way of thinking is present in a lot more people than I would think, mm. uh, and that had an effect on sales. It's the sort of thing you don't really want to take chances with. Yeah. No, you know, if, no, there's, no. if there's even a possibility that the friend of yours is going to be... You know, yeah, you stay far away from all that sort yeah, of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Give, give it a wide berth, be sensitive. Now, if you do want to get violent and destructive <laughs> with your Ticket to Ride games, there's one way. Yeah, yes. the the only Ticket to Ride expansion does, doesn't actually involve any maps, is one that involves aliens and dinosaurs, naturally. Woo, of not, course, not, sure. <laughs> Who doesn't want aliens and dinosaurs in their, uh, you know, Edwardian-era train game? Silly people, that's yeah. who. <laughs> so it's an expansion called Alvin and Dexter, and it comes in a very small box, because it's basically just a small set of cards and two little miniatures. Uh, a little alien, Alvin, and a little dinosaur, Dexter. And they're pretty much the cutest miniatures oh, so ever cute. made. Alvin's in his, like, little UFO, Dexter. It's crashed into a yeah. station house. It's kind of funny. <laughs> Great. And basically what they do is at the beginning of the game, they get like put on the board at two cities of choice by the last player and then the player immediately before them or after them. Uh, and then as the game goes on, you can pay train cards to move Alvin and Dexter around. So you can pay one or two train cards to move them either up to three or up to six spaces along like sp- spaces as in cities on the board. And when Alvin and Dexter are in a city, that city is in chaos. Naturally, there's now a dinosaur in it, and you can no longer build trains in or out of that city until they get moved again. And then at the end of the game, any city that has Alvin or Dexter in it, any ticket that involves that city 
is worth half points now. Rounded down, not even rounded up, rounded down. Just that <laughs> insult to injury. That's got to be the the city in question is directly on the ticket card, right? It's not like I've built through that city to complete my oh, ticket. I don't know. I actually kind of like the idea that that's your route meter, can't go yeah. through the city. Because no. that's it's chaos. They're not going to let trains through if there's an alien showing up. Like, <laughs> if, haven't if you I seen alien, Arrival, Steve? I think, I think if I were Dinosaur, I would have to disrupt those trains coming through. I, th- yeah. I feel like I would have a moral responsibility to they're, do they're, that they're, as they, a dinosaur. You know, it's basically canned food. They're attracted to movement, right? <laughs> trains move. <laughs> So Alvin and Dexter is good because it makes like a nice little like slightly more aggressive without actually having to deal with any more maps. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can put Alvin and Dexter like wherever you want. The effects are still the same. And I guess it would work in any in any of these other mm-hmm. versions of the game. Yeah. You can add them to anything. Anything you want. They can crash land anywhere on Earth. Isn't that special? <laughs> well, thank you all very much for listening to our series on Ticket to Ride. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, Steve. My pleasure. I know how much you love talking about how much you don't love to get to ride. <laughs> so, Well, and basically how much he doesn't love things that other people do love. I am a curmudgeon. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can at podcast at snakesandlattes.com. The Snakes Cast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the presenters and nobody else. Tune in next week when we're going to have a race. Vroom.